Welcome to It's a Sign, a podcast created to explore the unseen world of magic, symbols, spirit and emotion. Listen as we navigate the path to a deeper understanding of the inner worlds, how this can greatly inspire our everyday life and what tools we can use to help us along the way. Our intention with this podcast is to be the sign you needed to begin your own exploration within, to heal, inner stand and reveal the magic that surrounds you. Please take from this episode what resonates with your heart. I'm Helki and I'm here with Trey. Let's begin. In the not so far past, we believed the world to be a flat material plane upon which the oceans cascaded beyond the gates of Hercules into misting waterfalls of empty nothingness. We saw the endless expanse of space as a dome that separated our human lives from that of the heavens. Stars were tiny holes in the firmament, shining down the light of heaven beyond, and the sun and moon were portals drawn by winged chariots. Earth was once at the center of the universe, with the rest of the luminary bodies moving around us, and not the other way round. Over time, our view of the world has deepened. What was once a flat and shallow understanding of the universe has rounded out into a more three-dimensional comprehension. Our knowledge has evolved and grown. Yet in the grand scope of the true reality of our universe, we are still just at the very beginning of our evolution. In relative terms, we see the universe in a very limited bandwidth. We try to understand it through our small scope of our senses. The spectrum of light visible to the human eye exists within wavelengths from 380 to 700 nanometers, which is only about 0.0035% of the total electromagnetic spectrum, which means most of our reality goes completely unseen by us. Our ears, for example, only perceive ranges of sound from 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. The same goes for our limited sense of taste, touch, and smell. Try for a second to imagine something greater, like a moth fluttering through the frequencies of the forest. The moth can sense up frequencies up to 300 kilohertz, well beyond the range of any other animal and higher than any bat can squeak. Try to picture it, the sea of frequencies that the moth can sense. What would the world be like? Nikola Tesla himself told us to see the world as energy. And in quantum physics, a leading theory suggests that our world doesn't even exist until we perceive it. This is because reality is a great wave of potential, which our broadcast fixes into solid points for our mind to interpret. This all being said, it is safe to say that what we call our entire reality is actually just an extremely narrow scope that the instruments which we call our bodies perceive through. To put this into an analogy, imagine the radio. Radio channels choose specific FM or AM frequencies to broadcast on. We all had our favorite channels back in the day, 98.5 FM or 108.3, etc. 
Our human experience is the equivalent of a radio show. We can only broadcast our perception through a limited frequency that we have chosen to call waking reality. But this reality that we think is all there is, is actually just the tip of the iceberg. The tip of a universe that is so much larger than we can even imagine. My question is what lies outside the realms of our perception, but not only that, what lies outside the perception of our material universe? What goes beyond even scientific instruments of measurement? What makes up the rest of our unseen world? We are all aware to some degree of the idea of the conscious and unconscious mind. The conscious mind is synonymous with the waking mind. Our everyday perception of the narrow material world spectrum According to cognitive neuroscientists, which mind you is still a study much in its infancy, we are conscious of only about 5% of our cognitive activity. The remaining 95% of our brain goes beyond our conscious awareness. That means everything we are perceiving, the walls of our homes, the bark of trees, the thoughts in our head, the feeling of our body, and everything that makes up our so-called world is only 5% of our consciousness occurring at any moment, and that 5% is still a minuscule percent in comparison to what else is out there. So for this episode, Helki and I have embarked on a quest of our own to uncover the secrets of what our mind has to offer us. What lays beneath the tip of the iceberg? What realms, frequencies, and modes of reality are there still yet to explore? Not outside of ourselves, but within. Is it possible for our minds to break out of this 5% mold and begin to swim deeper into the waters of ourselves and perceive things outside our normal broadcasting bandwidth? Come join us as we navigate the unseen and uncover the hidden realities that lay waiting just beneath what's known to be or not to be. Welcome back to It's a Sign, the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed our last episode, which was our first episode, and we are really excited to dive into this next episode where we'll be exploring the unseen realms, how we can navigate those, tap into those, and what exactly are they, as they can be many things. Yeah, I'm especially excited that I'm not freezing this episode. Yeah. (laughs) We set the heater up in the room like way in advance so that we could stay warm. Um, Yeah, so it's all nice and cozy in here. We're enjoying some nice warm chai lattes, which are my favorite hot drink for this season. You didn't put a cinnamon stick. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? It's just covered oh, in foam. Yeah, yeah, it was right there. I couldn't see it. But yeah, I think what I, how I really wanted to break out this episode, you know, because the intro kind of had a lot of information packed in there. Um, but what I kind of wanted to do to start us off was just have a little reflection on how we exist in our everyday life. You know, a lot of our life we've been in if we've grown up in a kind of typical societal setting we've been told to focus a lot of our attention on what we can see what's practical 
you know, what's right in front of us, you know, don't believe it until you see it. Um, we need uh, evidential proof through scientific mythology, not mythology, methodology. And um, it's, we are very, you know, we love to drink coffee, especially in the Western world to keep us alert, you know, mm-hmm. alert and, and focused on material things or the task at hand. And all of this, all of these things that we've kind of wrapped our life around, um, they, it exists only, like solely within a certain brainwave state um, known as the beta brainwave state, mm-hmm. which is very good for like just, you know, just everything I said, kind of being engaged, you know, learning, decision making, making problem solving, productivity and all that. But as we've seen from kind of the symptoms of our culture, if you are over aroused in the beta brainwave state, you have, there can be an inability to focus, overwhelmed feelings, stress, anxiety, and burnout. And at the same time, we place so much of our focus on this alert brainwave state and so much focus on the external surface reality. And we don't take much time to ask and to question what lies beneath. Yeah, definitely. And I like what you said about we drink a lot of coffee here. We're very do motivated, like we're doers. And um, we create a lot of anxiety and stress, which I think also would keep you in that beta state. So, yeah, we do a lot of things that are keeping us within this seen realm rather than the unseen realm. Yeah. And I think anyone who's really listening or tuning into this um, podcast is beginning to question, is this all that there is or what else is out there? What have we not been taught? What have we been... You know, what is there that we haven't been looking at? It's like, it's almost like our whole life we've been told to look at life in a certain way. But what if there was ways to look at the world that went beyond our senses? Went beyond vision, sight, sound, beyond our thoughts, into realms and ideas of po- and possibilities that go, that are way too big for our waking beta state mind to comprehend beta is great if you need to do tasks and you know do chores around the house or get some you know taxes or anything like that it's good for those purposes and we need it for those purposes but we place too much importance on it and you know the people who we a lot a lot of us you know perceive to be at the peak you know like these businessmen who have achieved everything you know like these role models or whatever of the modern day, they're, they're kind of just operating on a high beta brainwave. But what happens when we go under? And so this is when we begin to tap into the unconscious mind, which, as I said in the intro, is actually so juicy. It takes up 95% of our activity, our brain activity. Only 5% is actually focused and conscious so when we go into the alpha state did i say that or did i say Mm -hmm. yeah okay cool when we go into the alpha state 
This is when creativity starts to come in. And there's all these studies that have linked it to reduced anxiety, reduced chronic pain, lower blood pressure. And it's the link. It's the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious mind. And this is when we're highly suggestible and it's the best place for us to reprogram beliefs or, you know, things that we've kind of been conditioned into. And as we, as our amplitude increases, but the frequency slowers, we begin to drop into a theta state. And this is kind of the daydreaming creative state. And it's interesting. It's also linked with um, sleep. So it's dreaming while sleeping. And so it's interesting that our creativity and all of this, you know, beautiful daydreaming and access to our unconscious mind comes when our beta mind turns off, our waking mind turns off. And this, when we, when we really think of creativity, creativity is kind of accessing the powers of God. It's the powers of creativity. It's a really potent place. Yeah. And I can, like, the f- first thing that actually came to my mind when you were saying that about the 5% uh, being turned on when you're in the beta. So it's hardly any of your mind, right? Yeah. But that's the state that we're expected to go to school and learn. And that's the state like a lot of people function in. Mm. And you wonder why things take so slow to come about. Why does school take so long? Mm. Whereas it would be interesting if you was in an environment where you were taught more to go within and search within and get in a more lucid state that you're more likely to learn a lot quicker mm. and come to understandings a lot quicker and creative ideas and inspirations a lot quicker. Mm. And that is what I believe like people like Tesla, um, surely he did say that he would get in those states and yeah. all these ideas would come to him and be downloaded to him. It wasn't yeah. him spending years studying yeah. and we really love to pat people on the back and a round of applause for those people that spent eight years in mm. school studying yeah. um, because it took that long because they was in that beta yeah. state, right? Yeah. It's actually really interesting that you brought that up because when I was doing some research, the theta state is what children spend most of their life in, which is linked to this high imagination. It's this place where imagination and reality are the same thing. That's why when, whereas as a kid, it's like we can't distinguish movies from, you know, we don't know that movies aren't real. Yeah. You know, we, we, we get, you know, we get really scared as kids in a scary movie or we get really invested because we're like, this is real because our imagination is tied into reality. And if you look at the models of schools, they haven't changed since they were made to produce a workforce. They were meant to produce factory workers. Mm -hmm. And so you can see how school conditions our mind into a beta brainwave state when we're naturally theta brainwave thinkers and all the greatest minds. Nikola Tesla, so if you compare Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison, so Thomas, they were, they were around the same time. Thomas Edison took all the credit for inventing electricity. Yeah. You know, and he's the reason we have all of this. But I was reading one of Tesla's like autobiographies and he was kind of dissing 
like Edison. He was like, Edison is kind of like a primitive being. He does all these physical tests with loads of like failures where he has to keep trying and trying again. Whereas I go into my mind world and I imagine all the possibilities. Mm-hmm. I imagine how these circuits will connect together and if it'll if it'll go, if it'll work or if it won't work. And then I only need to try it once because I've done it all in my head. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... So, yeah, just being in this theta brainwave state, Salvador Dali, um, you know, he's really known as a surrealist artist. He used to do um, a, a practice where he would go into this theta state and have like a pencil and pen nearby so that he could write down all his ideas when he saw it in this in this theta state. And it's also it's also correlated with heightened intuition, inspiration, and spiritual connection. So that's why I'm really kind of taking the time to highlight these things, Mm -hmm. because I'm showing you that we all have different brainwave states, and being spiritual or intuitive is not something unnatural or woo-woo. It's something that's ingrained in humanity, but just because of we've been raised in this world to be beta thinkers, I'm trying to unravel that and be like wait we have so much more potential and those who find spirituality and intuition and all of that are tapping into that theta state which is broadening the mind it's tapping into that universal universal consciousness once more and the last um the last two brainwave states we have is like delta which many people um or cannot remain conscious in, although I did meet someone. It's it's linked with the very deepest dreamless sleep, and mm-hmm. that's where our body heals and rejuvenates itself. And we're mainly unconscious of that those processes. But I met someone who can remain conscious through the deep sleep state, and he can see how his body is healing and rejuvenating itself. And that imagine if we had access to that conscious knowledge we could heal and rejuvenate our diseases and our sicknesses. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's so important to begin exploring these untapped into potentials and these unseen places. Have you ever seen that documentary, Heal? No. I recommend everyone to check it out, but it's literally exactly that mm. your friend someone you knew yeah. was able to tap in and heal themselves and it's got all these in examples and they interview these people there was this one guy who broke his back and he healed his own back and the doctors were just like amazed they just said you'll never walk again and um he did it in that state it's though maybe they're not mentioned it was that state but from what he described it definitely was where you take part in the healing of your own body in a conscious way and it it actually works yeah that's really cool i've heard stories about that actually like i've had a couple friends one you know one lady who was like driving in a car and she's like i need a change and then got hit by a car you know, and then she, her spine, similar story, her spine was like fucked. Then she, they needed like a surgery to fix her, but she healed it herself. And then another friend who was like in a coma because she fell off a roof and she couldn't move her entire body. 
and she went into that state and was able to access the rest of her body again. So yeah, you can see already there's a lot of potential by deepening our awareness and our conscious understanding. And the last state we have, or that we know of, or that science is exploring, is the gamma state. And this is linked with deep meditation, experienced meditators, like Buddhist monks. So you very rarely see this state um, in a positive uh, light. Um, it's only really been seen in yeah, experienced meditators, monks, and that. Um, but there is, it's very interesting because when there's too little of this state, that's when depression and ADHD kick in. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, when we don't have access to the specific brainwave state, we start to become depressed. And you can see how link keeping us in one frame of mind is really having all these negative effects on us. We're no longer fully human. Mm. You know, we, we're, we've been limited even programmed. more. Yeah, programmed and limited even more. So our scope as humans through our visual senses is very small and even further, further narrowed by being stuck in this beta brainwave state. So yeah, now I, we kind of wanted to talk about how we ourselves tune in and deepen our states of understanding and we want to explore our own personal experiences and what's possible and what's what kind kind of explore what we've seen and what exists beyond what we know yeah i think we are still like really discovering this and trying to grasp and understand the experiences that we have had and you start to get an idea of what's working and what's not. And sometimes I find personally I've slipped into these states where I'm able to see or understand or get a glimpse of the unseen realms without trying. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? Because I know that you've done a lot of like focused work with like the breath work. And yeah. Yeah, breath work is um, actually a very helpful way to alter your brainwave state. So it's proven that breath, certain breathwork practices can literally change the chemistry of your brain. And you can use breathing patterns and breathwork patterns to bring yourself from the beta brainwave state into alpha and then uh, theta. And it's for me it's been one of the most incredible things to bring me into that state the quickest mm. because I always had to do like when I first started doing this it when I first started really seeing the unseen realms um, sober it came through a lot of like physical yoga practice and like I would do two hours of yoga practice and then I'd lie down afterwards and so yoga practice is known to bring you into an alpha state. And then when you're lying down afterwards, that's letting your mind sink deeper into theta. And it was in this states where I was taken out of my body or lifted out of my body and shown things outside of my senses. 
But now I've found that breath work can really bring me into that place much quicker. Mm-hmm. I've only just had a few sessions of breath work and I can see the benefits. Like the other night we was having a breath work class and I had a, a spirit, I saw a spirit in the room and yeah, so I was having a vision and seeing a spirit. So that worked pretty quick. I've only had a couple of sessions. Yeah. So I think whatever is sort of your natural way of seeing will probably come through first, but I would never say you, you can always expand on that. Yeah. Yeah, because you do a lot of card reading and I, I kind of feel the energy when you start to shuffle the cards and it's I think it's because you've been doing it for so long that you've literally patterned your brain so that when you start doing that, your brain really automatically really slips into a different state pretty quickly yeah definitely almost like a hypnosis because for me personally I think many card slingers can read the cards differently we all have our own way of doing it and some of us are very stick with the book of the tarot and the meanings of the cards and as I do think it's really important to learn those to help you find your way Um, I'm very much a seer so when I'm doing a reading I have these flashes of visions and I see stuff and then I interpret those and I connect those with the cards so it definitely opened that up a lot for me I found when I started doing tarot and when I first like created an altar in my old house, um, it also opened up that the spirit realm. So I then started, it's almost like you become a beacon for the spirit realm. Like, oh, this person's open to mm. other realms, the unseen mm-hmm. realms. And, they, and you almost become this beacon and they, I started having a lot of spiritual experiences as soon as, you know, I had an altar and I would say even before that, just when I started working with my first couple of decks, I, I think you open yourself up to that. So I think if you want to start having a practice of your own, I, I think as soon as you step into whatever you feel most called to, you will, these experiences will come to you because, because you do become this, um, turn on light in a way Mm. and those experiences will seek you out because they want to be seen the spirits want to connect and Mm. um, they want the human consciousness to awaken and there's so many um, different things we can connect to in the unseen realms that you couldn't possibly name them all or know them all Mm. from one perspective as well like for me I've um, had experiences with like ghosts and poltergeists to spirit guides to um, like the other realms of time that have Mm. existed or will exist on earth. So like my audio experiences, I've been having a lot of those recently in the last few weeks, which sort of made me know that this episode we should talk about. Yeah, I wanted to quickly say that like 
um, chronotype is kind of, there's this term called chronotype, which means like um, the kind of, it's it revolves around your sleeping patterns and your circadian rhythm and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And Helki is a really, as a chronotype where she falls into um, dream sleep very quickly yeah. and comes out of it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I'm more of a slow um, drifter into sleep and a slow riser. But it shows like with her chronotype, like, you know, maybe we're just watching movies at night and we're or we're just lying down. And then all of a sudden she's hearing like music from, you know, a different time or there's Mm. music that I can't hear. It doesn't exist in this in, you know, where our ears are tuning into, but it's there. And I think that's also um, what a lot of psychics and mediums who can just tap in instantly have a a similar chronotype where they can just slip from the beta brainwave state down into theta very quickly Mm. Um, because imagine if you tried to read cards in a beta brainwave state with the rational logical thinking you just can't because you're not going to get any of that unconscious it's really unconscious images that are starting to be pulled and shown into into your mind's eye and you're getting like visions and words and thoughts and things and like you know it's it all it all has to do with the creative unconscious mind that's really being pulled up yeah definitely and I, I think it is um interesting to see how we are built slightly different so we can all have access to these states but it's like forgive yourself or understand yourself or learn about yourself and not compare yourself with others because I think the more you can learn about yourself and understand yourself instead of trying to be what what you think someone say if I was trying to be like Trey and be able to go more slowly into things or or vice versa it's like working with what you have you know so I think like Trey can hold a vision for a lot longer than me he can stay in that a lot longer because where I go in so quick I can come out very quickly Mm -hmm. too yeah so there's it's I do think learning what how you run how your machine yeah. runs i guess yeah. is a good way to look at it yeah. and then working with that is um really good advice to take on and and that that means sort of observing yourself i think yeah and and maybe um finding a good mirror i think we've been good mirrors for each other so i think maybe I wouldn't have really observed that about myself if I didn't have the mirror of you observing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if, you know, it's, yeah, a good friend or partner is a really great to point out these things. And But it's also like when you really start to do this work, you become your own mirror because as you begin to deepen your awareness, you start to perceive the world through the lens of the observer. You're no longer wrapped up in the kind of uh, push and pull of the senses of emotions and thoughts and sights and sounds and you're kind of you're there observing and as the observer you can conjure a lot within your own mind and reflection and contemplation is a beautiful thing to start to cultivate so that you can begin to really see okay how do I work because 
you're going to be hearing things from a lot of different people, maybe through YouTube, through your friends, through podcasts, and they're going to be going at it from their own perspective. But we all have our unique one. Although that being said, I kind of wanted to break down a little kind of generalized methodology into tuning in to learning how to tune into the unseen realm and taking our us away from the beta brainwave state. So this is Trey's tips for traversing the unseen realms. So the first thing is to breathe. You know, even if it's a couple long deep breaths, it's proven that just 10 breaths can completely reshift your brain frequencies and completely alter your state of mind. The second is to relax. We need to just relax and unwind or else we're going to stay in this high beta brainwave state. So we need our to allow ourselves to sink below. So imagine it's like letting yourself fall to sleep. It's an allowing of yourself to let go. Um, the third is retreat. So we want to pull away from our grasp on our sense perceptions. It's withdrawing our awareness away from the external world and withdraw into ourselves like a tortoise pulling into its shell. We want to turn reality inside out because that's when we really begin to start to see the unseen. The fourth is let go. Now that we've withdrawn, we have to release our hold on our senses, release our hold on our thoughts and our sense of self, release our hold on the world. And the last one is to remain present. As you drift lower and lower, just imagine like plunking a little stone into the ocean and watching it drift slowly down or a feather falling from the sky or a snowflake. As you're allowing yourself to fall deeper, we have to practice remaining present because it's when we drift on the boundaries of alpha and theta without dropping into unconscious sleep. This is the window for us to begin to navigate this unseen world. And I have a background in astral projection and in astral projection, you learn how to put your body to sleep while keeping your mind awake. And a lot of people will enter this naturally and know it as sleep paralysis. And it can be a scary thing for a lot of people if you aren't aware of what's going on. But it's actually just a very typical kind of state that begins to occur when you start to go through your spiritual awakening. And it's crucial to exploring the unseen worlds. And one of these unseen worlds is the astral realm. And in this astral realm, we have a completely different body that's free of all the karmas and perceptions that the physical body has. So within the astral body, we don't have thoughts. We don't have sense perception like we do. We don't have aches or pains. We aren't limited by our trauma in our past or anything like that. And the astral dimension is a world that kind of merges the almost conceptual dreaming world with reality because you can exist 
you can perceive, you know, physical reality through the astral dimension. It's layered on top. But at the same time, it's this giant dreamscape that you can explore. And there's so much more to it. And we'll explore it in an episode of astral projection and the astral dimension. But I just wanted to touch on it really briefly. But moving on, I just wanted to kind of talk about um, how our ancestors tuned into this. So throughout history, in every single culture that you can find, there will be some sort of spiritual person. In ancient Greece, it was the oracle. Those are probably the most heard of or famous um kind of seers that we know of just because we're very closely tied with that kind of culture because you know the greeks and even the romans had a lot of conquest and spread and you know a lot of our western language is based off those systems of language and the oracles they were not just they were not like how psychics are today you know they're kind of People go to them for advice on personal issues or something like that, or for help with grief or, um, you know, even maybe to help them get love or a boyfriend or something. Oracles were used by the highest of the highest within that society, down to the lowest of the lowest within that society. So that means war generals, emperors, politicians, artists, you know, merchants, everyone went to go see the oracle. And the oracle could predict outcomes of certain futures. And this would dictate how we, they, people would go to war or how, what certain laws would be passed or certain things would be determined. So the oracle was a very core structure of our reality. And it was because our ancestor they acknowledged and almost had reverence for being able to tap into this state. Whereas now it's seen as something that's not even real. You know, it's like even our dreamscape we don't call real. But if we look at the science, we are just in a different brainwave state. So who is to say that is less real than the beta brainwave state where we're waking? This is just another realm. The dreams is where we really begin to start to dip into the unseen. And this kind of brings us into the matrix. What matrix surrounds us in our world? Yeah. And I think with the oracles as well, like everybody can play that role, can embody that role, be an oracle because we all have the same abilities. I think yeah. it's just a role that those people took on in the past where they were in a privileged position in life where they were able to pursue a role as an oracle. Mm-hmm. And then you would have the peasant-like people who don't have that choice. And it's very much the same in in any role that it continues to this day. You know, it's, it is... Where, what was you born into but it doesn't mean that you don't all have that within us and I think with the new earth coming in um, we are more stepping into that power and not being so attached 
to you know the the outer world and these roles that have been put on us or circumstances that we're mm. born into i do think the the new earth that's coming in is is very much about people stepping into the power of the oracle themselves and yeah and of course there's going to be many souls that don't want that and are would rather um have a more physical and focused life and and go and get their information from a chosen spiritual teacher or who is just an oracle to them you know so there's definitely still a place for that energy but it's um it's so cool to look back and and see how more (laughs) seriously it was looked upon back then it, it yeah. even had a high position in society yeah you can see how even then society was conditioned in a certain way but they still had room for that aspect of the world and um, belief and belief yeah and if you actually look at more in native shamanic traditions um the role of the oracle there was you know, was transverse to the shaman, but within the generalized context of society, everyone had a deeper connection to spirit and to the unseen worlds and knew how to kind of be at one with their surroundings and and kind of had a much deeper understanding, whereas they still had dedicated people because there was the need to survive then in a certain material sense. So... Mm. They needed gatherers. They needed people to make homes, to create fires. And that's really what grounds us into this context and this reality. I'm not saying one is better than the other. You know, there there is no good or bad. Like I said in the beginning, the beta brainwave state is very good for doing those things, for creating our baskets to collect berries, for creating the fires, you know, for creating our huts and our homes and our houses. So... It's just we want to kind of explore outside of that because we've been so focused at, on it as a collective society. Yeah, definitely not taking away from that. But like, I think the more that I think as we move into the new earth and we're going to be being able to move in and out of the beta state more fluidly in a sense and so it's not like Trey said dismissing the benefits of that mind state and what it brings and the productivity but also that can't be created without the creation and to Mm -hmm. access creation you have to access those states you have to go within and that um brings me to talking about when I was asking my spirit guides about this episode this week and if there's anything that I should mention they wanted me to mention about the um, potential creation field and it's sort of a realm um, that exists over the earth which all thoughts and ideas and creations are held and they're they want to be manifested into the physical realm. Like a conceptual realm? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they 
they want they will come through us which is seen as a vessel so if you know as great as it is to be in the beta realm and and mindset sorry and be able to do all these physical things and be so focused here and um, we still need to access the creation in the first place to bring mm. it into mm-hmm. the physical um yeah because it's like you when we really think about like where our ideas come from it's not when you know if we're like stressed and trying to think about something it's never going to come you know there's the there's we already have rituals around accessing these states you know it comes in the phrase like i'll just take a break take a walk walk it off you know Mm. like um you know put it aside for a while you know just having that mindset is because when you're so in the beta state, you get locked into it and you can't have those ideas of inspiration. So it is actually a very practical sense to learn how to um, come in and out of it because, you know, it's where it's where our creativity comes from. And so, yeah, we already have rituals. If you look at it, um, it's quite interesting how we still have certain rituals, even though they're not conscious, you know, like this is a ritual for me to get my creativity and my inspiration back yeah. is just like oh i need to take a walk i need to get away from this for a bit yeah it's it's, it's our bodies instinctually telling us what to do but we don't actually real consciously realize what it is we're doing yeah and i think in a sense the black magicians or the, the people that you might call who are running the world have um took advantage of that so in a sense they was like well they want to keep us in that beta mind, but they always know we're going to have this natural reaction. We have to actually to exist to, to, to not crumble and die. We do need to access these states of being because we need them. Yeah. And um, I think they have manipulated that with, for example, um, smoking and drinking. Oh, I can't wait for the weekend where I can just let go and have a drink yeah. and forget yeah. my crap life. Yeah. Or uh, I'm des. You know, when you're working a nine to five, that's just not inspiring for you, and you're just so looking forward to your cigarette break because when you go. You have that cigarette. You have to go outside. Mm-hmm. You're left alone. You gain peace. You're breathing. You ha- you're breathing. So you're entering that state, but it's in an unhealthy way. When you're going to have that glass of wine after work every night, mm-hmm. or you know, at the weekend getting hammered. Mm. Again, you're entering that state, but it's like the black magicians have tricked us into thinking that's the only way to enter mm. that state and it's an unhealthy way mm-hmm. way to enter that state yeah that's why i think a lot of creatives become like drug addicts oh, or definitely. like alcoholics it's because we're we're not educated on how to healthily maneuver ourselves between these states because you know i've done lsd mushrooms um ecstasy DMT and a lot of stuff and I've accessed these super crazy realms of unseen things and but I've always was curious like how can I get here sober and that's why I turned to yoga and the practice of meditation because 
in these meditations, I've gotten the most grounded visions and psychedelic experiences through sober practices. And you can turn, you can really access realms, um, you know, and perceive reality in a, you know, completely sober in a much deeper way. Yeah, definitely. So it's interesting to think about that. And how can that's a good way to sort of realize like unconsciously you've probably been doing that you know in one way or another you've adopted one Mm -hmm. of these unhealthy practices that was um put in front of us smoke and mirrors by the uh black magicians or the authorities whatever you want to call them and it's like how have you fallen into that trap and how can you now take power in your path and your life and take a more healthy approach to finding these states Mm. and we've obviously listed many examples already Mm. for that but I think it helps to sort of realize like you always need need to um, get in these states so how have you been doing that probably in an unhealthy way I would say like even um you know binge watching the tv and things there's just so many ways that like turn us off but at the same time it's not healthy for us Mm. actually the the tv like uh they did tests on like someone who like someone who went to go just relax and read and do kind of healthy patterns of relaxation yeah and they it showed that their their brainwave state went from beta to alpha but people who are watching TV actually are um, kept in. It's it feels like we're going into an alpha, but what's actually happening is it's numbing our awareness of our anxieties, and it's keeping us in an alpha state mm-hmm. while tricking our mind into thinking we're relaxing. Yeah. So it's really not you know helping us at all, it, yeah, but it, it is shutting shutting that off. It shuts off yeah. like the the beta program but it's not healthy and I think every example we've given for for this um does that you know drinking yeah smoking drugs yeah because drinking it gets you like you know gets you open you can you feel like you can speak more you feel like you're you know you let go of your inhibitions yeah like even when I drink wine I get very philosophical and like deep thinking sometimes Mm. and yeah you let go of your inhibitions so there are, there are things that it does, but then you pay a consequence later. Yeah, because it's just not healthy for you, but you so desperately need that. That's why people get to this point of like, yeah. look at like culture, it, it, the Western culture. It's all about like the weekend. Yeah. Why? So I can drink, yeah. you know, but it's it's got to a point now where things do need to shift. Consciousness does need to shift and it's almost getting more intense. So we've seen um, the, you know, people are struggling with obesity and things. It's pro- it's likely because when um, you look at how much people drink in the West, which is a big link to obesity as well, and the crap food that's advertised to us, it, I guess we're getting onto a whole other subject, but it does all do those things of... Um, trying your body is so your mind is so desperate to 
um, find these peaceful states of being mm. um, and you've been brainwashed or we've been all brainwashed into seeking it in unhealthy ways yeah or seeking it external from ourselves yeah. like comfort eating you know which mm-hmm. leads us to like you know overweight and all that all these external methods of fixing have some sort of consequence and it's why it's important to deepen our understanding of our unconscious awareness because all this marketing, all this advertising appeals to our unconscious mind. Yeah. It appeals to our unconscious mind. So, you know, we're consciously watching something and we're maybe only seeing it on the surface because we're in a beta brainwave state. But on our unconscious levels, it's, you know, you know, if you speak about like McDonald's or food or certain things, it's like that'll give a certain trigger to your body. And you're like, why am I feeling that way? Yeah. Or why am I suddenly singing this theme song to nike or something like that you know (laughs) but um i think it's a cool time to kind of explore what we've begun to see the world as and how we're starting to how our perceptions of the unseen is really forming a greater understanding and it's evolving our perception of the universe from the 3d material waking beta mind you know where planets are just rock minerals and you know earth isn't a living thing but as we begin to dive deeper we, we can see that there's many 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 layers to reality that are folded upon one another and we're just you know we're on the tip of the iceberg we keep saying that because this this whole world this whole external world is just a thin layer of crust like a nano nano centimeter crust of what reality really is yeah and like i think another thing worth mentioning um like a core thing i think it can really help us see into the unseen realm see beneath the iceberg is a simple thing of belief because how much has belief been dogged on now that like science and atheism has really um, took over our culture yeah, completely? The new religion. Um, it's religion is looked down upon, and it's not that religion is right, but that was um, the last place we was where we as a society and culture held beliefs and now it's sort of like oh you know it's crazy to believe in anything other than this what we're told to believe in our culture and our seeing realm and if you have belief then most of the legwork is done it's just believing in yourself (laughs) believing in what you're getting what you're receiving and being aware that there's programs going on everywhere but you should always take in what information you want to take in but always come back to yourself and your inner world and see what's really true for you and believe and trust that because really as individuals that's all we have science can tell you one thing um, the tv can tell you another your favorite spiritual teacher can tell you something else but what really matters is what do you truly believe what is true for you because that's all you have like to work off 
Otherwise, you'll find yourself spinning in circles and doing this dance of trying to learn everything that that you feel has holds valuable information when all the valuable information that you truly re- really need to know can be seeked within. Yeah. So I do think belief is where you need to start. If you don't have belief in, was that vision real? Well, am I hearing this really? You really need to start trusting and believing in things. And tarot is a really, like tarot cards and tarot reading is where I kind of started um, with my practice that's a really good example because if you're not believing what's coming through and the message that's coming through then that's going to hinder you big time yeah because then you all have this self-doubt yeah so it's it's really I think we've proven enough that there's many different ways to interpret reality including that even your dreams are a form of reality. Mm. So now that you understand that there's many ways of interpreting reality, now it's time to understand that the mind is not limited to our body. The second you withdraw your senses and really withdraw them away from the external world, away from your thoughts, and your mind becomes still, That's when you see that your mind is not a localized, pulsing, pink organ. It's not limited to your brain. It's not limited to the senses in your body. When I'm talking about senses, I'm talking about, you know, everything bodily, material. The mind goes beyond that. And I can say that for certain because I have traversed realms and distant stars and galaxies only using my mind. Our mind is a collective that we can begin to explore through, it's, it's really learning to leave your sense perceptive instrument and search, embark on the journey of the mind and exploring what it has to offer because the mind is one mind with many different nodes which we call ourselves or our souls and when we begin to explore that this universe is actually not a dead thing with floating rocks and suns um, which are just ball but gaseous balls it actually is a mind it's called the universal mind and beyond that there's so much to explore yeah We're swimming in a world of vibrations, frequencies that take form. And when we begin to perceive these frequencies and forms outside of the overlay of vision, then we're seeing that it goes infinitely deep. The frequencies, our entire world is just vibrating states of frequencies that are in complete potential, waves of potential until we lock on with a certain perspective and fix them in. So if we, you know, if a a cat and a human were looking at the same thing, we'd see completely different realities. And so now when we pull our mind out of our body, that is when we see this energetic um, world and we can begin to explore realms that are laid parallel to our own um, we can begin to see how time itself even folds up on itself. 
I definitely think we should do an episode on time because when I went into my Kashik records earlier, um, it sort of explained a lot, explained how, for me anyways, the matrix and um, this web which I've seen, um, Trey's seen, and I saw it with my physical eyes when I came out of uh, meditation just saw this web on the ceiling in the walls and um, kind of like spider web like web and I think um, a lot of people have been experiencing that I I literally like two of the closest people to me Trey and uh, my friend Steph have had this experience and when I did ask the Akashic Records about that today they said that um, a lot of people are a lot of souls here who are here to sort of work on the new earth and raise the consciousness they are starting to see this web because we're here to sort of anchor a new frequency and vibration which is shifting and changing the the matrix of the web that um sort of cre- builds and holds the possibilities mm. and of the creations within it, which is this realm that we're currently in. I don't want to go into everything because yeah. I do think we could do an episode on time. Yeah, you did say something cool, though, about how, you know, like how the matrix changes based on like, you know, it changes. Yeah, so right. like on the, um, they were saying that it the matrix which is literally just the building blocks of our current reality within this physical realm that we perceive right here in the now. And it's the same as changing, to change it is just the same as changing um, the coding on a website. If Mm. you want a website to have a new function or a new click link or Mm. a new page that can open or change the visual and... so that is just what, what the matrix is. It's the coding that builds the world we're able to perceive in this realm, in the here mm. and the now. And they were saying, which was interesting to me, because you sort of imagine that being created by these spiritual code builders. Yeah, these giant yeah. cosmic architects. <laughs> yeah, of the right. Um, that's definitely how I saw it. But they were saying that it's actually changed and built and created by us here in the now, the physical humans with the free will. And that's why there's so much interest in that in the role of where the spirits lie and the guides and the Akashic Records because they're observing us and guiding us if we seek it. But we do have complete free will here. And... Um, where time doesn't really exist everything is happening now you know we we can get very stuck in that thing of oh well that happened in the past or or if that's going to happen in the future this has to happen now Mm. but they're almost on tender hooks because they're like okay these souls have come down here to change this matrix and, and shift the frequency and anchor a certain energy and that will then change that grid um but we are still here with free will mm. and it's still a will we do it will it happen in this lifetime and that's what is so interesting about having this human experience i haven't 
tapped in or asked about other experiences but I know the human experience is a very unique experience and from what I've realized and yeah so we have that control we're not prisoners of a certain destiny or stuck within a certain structure and if Mm. you're listening to podcasts like this one you're likely here Mm. to open yourself up to these new um my you know ways of living uh be able to go beyond that beta setting and um anchor a new frequency raise the consciousness of earth because it's all about the consciousness is just the awareness and if um we raise our awareness and like trey was saying like getting that real neutral perspective that coming out of the identity and um seeing things from that bird's eye perspective um And I do think as well, like it is worth mentioning because we haven't mentioned the heart energy because I do think we really do um, raise the consciousness and have a lot of experiences where we can see the unseen realms through the heart. I've actually Mm. never in my experience ever had any kind of experience where I wasn't in the heart um Mm. and to another way of seeing in the heart if you're so sort of like oh i don't know what that means i would say another way to look at it is being in the now in the present so indulged in right now and that was actually something i asked the akashic records today is how can we connect more with the unseen realms and um that was one of the main things they were really Mm. uh, pointing out was like, you need to be now in this moment. Our minds can be very much either worried about what happened in the past, worried what Mm. might happen in the future. But when we're really living in Mm. the now, this is when I'm, you know, lying down, watching a movie, and suddenly I start hearing music, which feels like it came from something like the 1920s, and I can hear people um, talking, and it's like um, in this, like some kind of ballroom, I can almost see the vision, but I can hear it very clearly. It's because I was so in the now, in Mm. my, which it is in the heart. And, whoops. (laughs) just spilt some coffee but not that much you can keep going (laughs) and i i think really every experience i had even when i had i spoke last episode about what really cracked me open was that poltergeist experience which was terrifying i was so in the now looking back i was so um having so much fun with my friend we i was very present we were like joking around and I think even just to have banter and be joking with someone you um, and playful, like Trey was saying earlier about that child state when we're children, we're almost always in that certain mind state mm-hmm. um, where we can access this. It's it's the same thing. It's it's the That's heart That's why children space. see like fairies or spirits, yeah. you know, and they like, you know, you just see them looking up at something sometimes like cats, you know, yeah. they're just like looking at something that you can't see. Yeah. There's no good sitting in a meditation being like thinking, 
I want this I'll thinking mm. um and I think that's where like the power of prayer got lost a bit in religion because you're so focused on like I want this thing I want that thing instead of being present you should be present in prayer for it to work in a sense mm. or have success yeah um but yeah so that's the best advice and that I think from our both our experience we kind of already knew that and that to me was confirmed by the Akashic Records today well I've seen like um because I know when when I was doing astral projection it was it act that stuff doesn't need your heart really because like you can navigate the unseen you know the, the astral dimension without a heart awareness and there's a very big difference that I noticed when I had a heart awareness and mm. when I didn't and there was also times where I smoked DMT and I was perceiving realms but I was not in my heart and these realms were scary they were you know I had it was almost like with because I wasn't in my heart I was accessing these all sorts of realms and I was also open to whatever you know wanted to kind of take some energy or something and so it's like I could I saw some very cool things and you can see very cool things but it's like I think this this and you know you can see a lot of magicians or yogis who can achieve some cool things maybe they can start to levitate or maybe they can switch bodies with someone but it's like where's the heart energy um, it's you know, and you can see the elite. They're they're tapping into occult powers and they're tapping into unseen things, but they don't have their heart energy in tune. So I think the heart energy is key to, it's key to the human experience and the human evolution. And if you think about Native Americans, they they lived in their heart, and when they saw the white person, they're like, oh, this is the you know the they they kind of saw that the white person was not in their heart and they saw it as a sickness mm-hmm. and even going back to the native americans with this they had a whole belief that everything was cyclical and so everything was a circle and they perceived the man as a linear so if we think of the western the western world we perceive things very linearly but what if we began to see things cyclical in a circle? Or what if we began to even take that circle and form it into a sphere and twist it around into a, you know, into a figure eight and then see all the different layers combined within it? So we've structured our mind to perceive, you know, time from past to future when that is not that doesn't even exist. We've we've programmed a certain way of looking at the world, but when we really tap in, we see that that line folds away. It becomes a circle. It wraps in on itself. It's no longer just this um, straight uh, line of perception. Yeah. I, I, from my experience with astral projection and similar with like lucid dreaming and the dream state, it's you don't have to be present because you're not present. You're not here. You're, you're going pre- out of body. Although you're present wherever you are. Yeah, but you're going out of body. Yeah. So that's where I can see you don't have to be present and within the heart space. But I think if you're trying to call in um, more, if you want to tap into the unseen, 
in your waking reality so not in your dream state or in the astral realm which mm. is a different realm yeah. so if you're trying to tap in in this realm i really do believe you have to be present a hundred percent and um yeah. which is another way of being in the heart and i think yeah it's hard for me to understand from my perspective where the dark um the black magicians are coming from with their dark and occult rituals because that energy doesn't resonate with me so i've never seeked to explore it it's very dark and yeah it's very not in the heart um and it's very hard to look at the kind of stuff and visuals and realities that they're creating um, I think so I think I don't know mm. how they would I couldn't yeah. speak of that experience because it's not of my own I like yeah. only work myself from the heart space and yeah. but I totally see what you mean when you brought up about astral projection because I I remember my astral projection um, experience I've had a couple but one of them was um fine and another was very scary (laughs) and um I wasn't in my heart but I was present in that realm which wasn't this realm yeah um so it's like a almost like a whole different state of being the OBEs astral projection lucid dreaming and our real dreams you know um but I think it's harder to bring those into this realm and this reality in the sense if you are wanting to call in experiences in your in this world for in this realm shall yeah. I say we exist in all of them yeah um but if you're wanting to call it in here because that's going to give you more groundedness in your daily actions yeah i think the tuning into the heart i think the heart i think a lot of beings will have different heart energy and we'll wrap this up pretty soon but it's like um we're tuned i think to the frequency of earth of gaia's because you know we beat to a rhythm and we beat to the circadian frequencies that Mm -hmm. gaia's emitting that earth's emitting and so when we're tuning into our heart we're also tuning into love and that force and as beings we can choose what to align ourselves with and i've noticed that when i'm in my heart the truest most incredible beautiful and most aligned things start to manifest and materialize. And I, I start to begin to perceive unseen things that are in accordance with this force, this force of love, this mm. force of creation. But you can be present as a demon. You can be present as a dark entity. Because you, with your free will, have chosen to attune to those frequencies. And if we look at the universe... There is no good or bad in the universe. There's this, you know, destruction, uh, you know, the imploding of neutron stars creates an entire new galaxy and system within itself, you know, while at the same time destroying everything that there was before. So there is destruction and greed and corruption, and they're all forces to, you know, as you were saying earlier, there is a collective there's a collective mind, a conceptual space, and these conceptual spaces where these big deities exist, you know, that we've created as humans. We've created these, you know, thought forms. And um, so, yeah, I think 
it's really important to just continue to choose what how you align yourself with what energies you do when you begin to tap into these unseen realms because I have gone on very many dark journeys, you know, where I've seen the realms of hell and I've seen very dark places and I've seen beings, supremely intelligent beings, supremely powerful intelligent beings with dark intentions, you know, so you can you can perceive these things, but remember to choose and align with your forces, align what side do you want to p pick? Do you want to be on the side of creation where we build a new earth together, where we begin to grow and explore and become fruitful? Or do you want to, you know, go the other way? Yeah. So, I still think that that is a, like those sort of beings, um, say the reptilians, for example, and they're rumored to be working a lot or the, the greys working a lot with the black magicians and the rulers and stuff of the world and they are doing this sort of dark magic dark energy work but it just goes back to what we were saying earlier about the brainwashing the mind work they are not working within the heart realm they are working within the mind realm mm -hmm. and which is just much as part of our reality as every other aspect of us and um, but it's when you stay within the the heart realm you're going to put you are tuning in with what's for your highest good mm -hmm. so if it's for your highest good to experience something dark so that you can see it so mm -hmm. that you can clear that from you because maybe you're harboring that from some trauma um then that is going to happen for you but staying with the heart mm -hmm. and not um you know going with the manipulation mm -hmm. of these sort of beings who will get in your mind but they'll never get in your heart space because we own that mm -hmm. space with love that is the space of love it is yeah. our portal to our soul self that's how we connect with who we truly are and no no amount of darkness or anything can um, even the darkest of dark soul uh, beings because they're not souls all souls are beings of light um, from my perspective but even those dark beings they are choosing to not be channeling through that love energy that heart energy and but they still have that within them so just don't if stuff comes up for you that's dark and um, stay with it stay in your heart because mm. um your higher self your soul self is always got your best has always got your best intentions for you and um trust in that and not because fear is the mind as well so really do trust your heart and but trey's right that we live in a dualistic um reality and and all over <laughs> in all the realms it's it's that way so it's what you choose to tune into but know that you can always anchor back to that place of safety mm -hmm. and whatever situation you're in there's been people in situations of uh, torture and torment who have been able to 
Jesus, for example, mm. <laughs> anchor into that heart space. And that was one of his main messages. Take the religion completely out of it. He really was just about staying in the heart that people can do whatever they want to you. But if you stay in your heart, um, you're all good. You stay in that love. You stay in that, that safe place and nothing can really hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great place to end it. And now for the fun time. Yeah, so we're doing our um, ending segment where we pull a card for you guys. So we pull a card for this episode and um, I've got a right away tarot deck and we've also got the angel therapy oracle deck. And we won't keep you much longer, but we're just passing a little message that's coming through for you guys now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. We what do we flipped got? out was the, the world. world card. Oh. And it goes right back to what you were saying about um, the shaman's belief of mm. the circle. Yeah. Yeah. Everything comes around in full circle and everything is connected so yeah like if you read tarot and you know the world card you know that it is the final card in the major arcana and um once you get to the world card you you've completed uh, and understanding a lesson or whatever that is for you and you're ready to step into the new onto the again beginning as the fall and learning mm. all again it's where you've gained all that knowledge and I think it's a fitting card for this because I feel like this episode really does if you needed it and um, give you a kickstart and a place to really embrace your own power to go within and see within your own unseen worlds yeah and it's cool because they're encircled in a wreath and that kind of you know shows this is our you know our worldview and then on the outside of the card are you know four different heads of different Mm. animals and another human and it's like there's many different perspectives to see the world. Like in the intro, I was talking about the different animals of how they see different things. And it's, it's kind of all about, you know, and the, the world, the, the, she's the hermaphrodite, or they're the hermaphrodite, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're not gendered. Um, so it's like beginning to uncondition yourself and really begin to break down the walls of who you think you are, who, what you think the world is, and open up because there's so much more to explore and the world is so much bigger um, and then outside of our tiny little focus and when we do have when we do tap into the unseen we really begin to have a greater understanding of our place within it all our place within humanity and with our other humans and our other self, all the animals around us, mm-hmm. um, the trees, the plants, the earth, the, the planets, the systems, the stars, the universe, and beyond. Yeah, it definitely is like a visual representation of all that exists beyond what you see, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. 
And Trey pulled another card from the Angel Therapy deck, which is Shield Yourself. Mm. <laughs> which I actually think um, Comes represents... Comes in the, the end of our discussion. Yeah, it is actually perfectly the end of the discussion. Protect yourself from harsh or fear-based energies by envisioning a cocoon of healing light surrounding you. And it's exactly true to what we were saying. I don't even think we need to go on much more but yeah the, um, the only thing i see oh did you want to say something? no no go the only thing i see with this one is see what's going on in the world right now see past all the surface media mm-hmm. all the surface things that the world is telling you see past all the marketing and all the fear mongering that's coming on in this world i think this is a big message for all of us because they we are being pushed into fear Mm. we are being pushed out of our heart space and remember to shield yourself and perceive deeper dig into the unseen see how this is not just you know not just the surfacing there's a war on the mind going on and remember that it is us who co-create this reality together and as we co-create it we hold our shields hold our hearts open the forces that continue to push us into these, you know, states of following and submission, we will rise above that and we can co-create the world through our heart and what we really want to see in the world and open our world once more. Yeah. I love how he's got a shield. What's Uh, that on the shield? It's a lion, like, holding on to... That's a weird-looking lion. I think it is. It's a bear. I think. I don't know, but he's got a shield, he's got a dagger, but the best thing of all is he has wings. And I think, just remember, you have wings and you can always step out of any box that you or other people have put yourself into and you can create, as Trey said, your own reality. You can stay within the heart and you don't need to feed into the brain washing or the expectations protect yourself stay in the heart and just remember that yeah you can go into that astral realm baby and fly the hell wherever you want (laughs) yeah yeah cool all right guys thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next one keep loving keep being you see you later